Hey everybody, we are going to be talking about seven underappreciated skills today. These are not just for business owners, executives. I think they are for employees as well, especially when you're looking for a vice president of a position or a director or anything like that. Anytime you find an employee who has these set of skills or a combination of a set of these skills, this is somebody that has a lot of potential in your organization. So even if it's a lower level employee and you notice they've got a set of these skills, this is somebody you should pick out of the crowd and really work with in order to grow them through your business. When I look primarily at this podcast, I'm thinking about entrepreneurs owners of businesses, CEOs. These are the characteristics that make people transition from just being good to really great over time. If you've got these skills, these are the things that are going to allow you to take your business to the next level. So first one, and by the way, I know a bunch of these are going to sound really obvious, but not a lot of business owners have these skills. I have talked to thousands and thousands of business owners and a lot of business owners don't have any of the skills that I'm talking about today. So number one is the ability to make quick and good decisions. It's not not enough to just make a quick decision. You need to be able to make good decisions. Now, I didn't say great decisions. You don't have to make great decisions all the time. That would be awesome. But to be able to make a quick and good decision or good enough decision is really, really important. All too often, I see companies that waffle on the basic decisions of running the business, or they know there's a good decision they need to make, and they take way too much time making it. It blows my mind once a company gets somewhere in the three to five, maybe $10 million market, how slow your decision-making process is. There's a handful of companies that we're working with right now that their decision process to work with us was almost instant. And when I say instant, I mean, they met we had a good conversation. We hit it off. Boom. They're like, hey, we are going to work with you. And then it took them five or six months, maybe even a year to actually execute on that decision. And it's like, why are you taking so well, you know, we've got a lot of things going on right now and we've got this going and well, we want to have some more conversations about it. And I'm like, guess what? You're now three, six, 12 months down the road. You've missed out on that much growth in your business on a decision you initially made almost instantly. And now you're just dragging your feet with it. When I see that, I'm like, that's just one example of how you're making decisions in the business overall that are costing you money when it comes to, hey, are we going to chase this RFP? Yeah, we're going to chase it. And then you sit down and look at it and they go, well, I, you know, I don't know. And you start, well, let's have some more discussions and let's have some more discussions and some more discussions. And I'll tell you, those people are usually struggling from that analysis paralysis because of their personality type. If you know the DISC person, personalities. They're probably in that C personality type, maybe in the S where they just want all the data that there possibly is to making a decision. And look, Hey, I'm not going to beat up those people. I've got a fair amount of that in me where when I'm looking at certain things that I want to buy, I want to look at a lot of the different options, but I usually get a gut reaction of what I want to go with, whether it's software, hardware, a house, you know, whatever it may be, I usually get a gut reaction fairly quick. And I've tried to be better over time at saying, look, my gut says yes, my gut says no, move on. 
either execute on the decision or don't, but move on, move on to the next thing, because there's no reason to waffle back and forth on this for weeks or months at a time. You've got more important things to do. So the ability to make a quick and fairly good decision is really important, and it's extremely rare in leadership and small businesses. That is one of the things you need to get better at if you're not already good at. Make a decision and move on to the next thing, because time is not your friend. Did you know we have our own government contracting community? It's called Federal Access. And inside Federal Access, you have all the tools, tips, strategies, documents, templates, everything you're ever going to need to be a government contractor. But you also get brought into our ecosystem. You get into our private LinkedIn group and you get into our live events and all that kind of thing when you become a member of Federal Access. To learn more, go to federal-access.com forward slash game changers. Now let's get back into this episode. The next one is not caring what people think. Now, I don't mean saying screw you to the whole world and being like, I don't care and just doing a lot of stupid stuff. What I'm saying is don't get caught up in the noise of what people are saying and don't worry about whether people are commenting on your LinkedIn post and you don't like the comments or whatever it is. You need to go and be you and do the things you need to do in order to succeed and not worry about the fact that it really does doesn't matter what you do, right or wrong, someone is going to criticize you. It's just the way it is. Someone's going to criticize you. That is something that I've gotten a lot better about over the years. I used to have this lack of ability, I guess is the right word, where every time somebody commented on my stuff, if it was negative, I'm like, maybe, maybe I need to pull this post down. Or I would send out a newsletter and someone unsubscribed. I was like, do we need to change something in the newsletter? Like, what do we need to do? Do we need to change our frequency? Like, I would just freak out because I was like, people can't not like me. That's not okay. And so over time, I've just developed this okay, well, we just weren't right for them or it wasn't right now or they're having a bad day. I just don't care as much. Now, does that mean if somebody posts something on my social media, sometimes it doesn't get under my skin? Sometimes it does. Sometimes I'll see something and I'm like, really? That's the best thing you had to do today <laughs> was write this. But a lot of times I don't engage it. If I said something and people like took it the wrong way, I will explain, hey, I think you took this the wrong way. But for the most part, if somebody's just being nasty, I just remove them from my page. I don't have time for this don't need this anymore in my life. Boom, you're gone. You're blocked because you're just acting like a fool. That's just the way it is. And I just move on. You've got to be able to do that because as you get to higher levels and more people can see what you're doing, more people are going to comment on your stuff. Some are going to like it. Some are not. And you've got to be able to deal with that. You've got to grow a thicker skin and be able to deal with those people who aren't fans of what you're doing. The next one is public speaking. Public speaking is, to me, one of the most underrated things that are out there. I put it number three on the list because I know a lot of people are afraid of it and things like that, but it is a game changer. I have always heard that people who do public speaking on average will make 40% more than the rest of the people in their field. And honestly, I think that number is very undervalued. Most people are struggling to get to a six-figure coaching business, and ours is a seven-figure coaching business. We're eyeballing the how do we get to eight figures, that sort of thing. 
when I look at it, I have to attribute the majority of that success to public speaking. It's not just doing conferences and webinars and all those kind of things. It's the podcast. Having the ability to go out there and just speak to an audience and build an audience is really, really powerful. And as you go, it's very important to your brand. So public speaking is one of my favorite things. It's a great skill. It's not something that I was born with. I was always very shy, the kid in the corner, the one not talking to a lot of people. The public speaking has rocked my world over the years. The next underappreciated skill, this is number four for those who are counting, is listening. I do a lot of listening, like when I'm in coaching sessions and I just ask a question and all of a sudden somebody just starts opening up and they start going down a rabbit trail of different things and left and right. And at some point they'll pause and say, I know that was a lot, but you know, I kind of wanted to give you a full picture of what's going on. I'm like, no, 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 that, that was perfect. That gave me a great amount of information. And then I can now start asking questions when I'm in a group of people and someone asks a questions and they start going around the room. I try to be the last one to speak. It's such an advantage to hear what people are saying and be the last one so that I can reiterate, hey, I've tried that. I've tried that. I've tried that. Those are all great suggestions. Here's my little thing that I would add on top of this or whatever it is. It's great when you're in a client meeting or a prospect meeting with a bunch of new prospects, they're asking questions and you're just letting them talk. You're letting them talk about what their problems are and they feel heard. That's really, really important when you're dealing with employees or somebody has a family issue or you know whatever it may be and you just let people talk and then you get in there and you give your two cents. But listening first to find out what's going on, get a really good picture of the problem and the situation, it really is a game changer. I see a lot of CEOs, a lot of managers come in and not ask enough questions. They just come in and say, Hey, I'm looking at this metric and based on this metric, here are five changes we need to make in the business. Instead of saying, I'm looking at this metric or KPIs or whatever you call them, I'm looking at these and I'm curious what your thoughts are. Why is the metric the way it is right now? What's the problem? Let's take a really popular one, the conversion rate on proposals. A lot of people have a very low conversion rate on proposals. They spit out a lot of them and they hope to get a 10 to 15, 20% conversion rate. So if you were working with your team and you're getting a 10% conversion rate and you want to increase that, what would you come in and ask? What are some questions? Hey, why do you think this is the problem? What are your thoughts on how we make these better? Are we chasing the wrong things? Asking those questions versus just looking at the metrics and then telling your team what we're going to change without getting their input. Listening is a really big thing. Number five is strategic thinking, not just trying to knock out a to-do list. But when I'm thinking about things, I'm trying to think, how can I do this one thing and accomplish multiple goals? That was an old Chet Holmes thing. If you're not familiar with Chet Holmes, he worked, actually, he founded the business division for Tony Robbins in Tony's consulting business. Chet, that was one of his things. You know, how can you do one thing that impacts multiple goals instead of just doing one thing at a time? When you think more strategically, you take a step back. You look at the big picture and you try to solve bigger problems, not just problems that are on your plate today. I think that is really lacking for a lot of people. A lot of people, like when they get in this business, all they think about is I want to win contracts. So how do I do that? I need to submit proposals. I need to get on Sam and just submit proposals. And that's a tactical way of thinking. There's a lot of strategy that goes into looking at who your niche client is, why you're going to focus on them, what's your niche product or service, what makes you different, articulating your marketing message and all of those different things that go into that so that you know you're targeting the right clients. Then 
been doing that for partners and making sure you're targeting the right teaming partners. There's a lot of strategy that goes into that, but most people just want to do the tactic of, let me just make phone calls. That's the brute force approach, which doesn't work very well. Strategic thinking is better than the brute force method every day of the week. Number six is crisis management. I can't tell you how often I am blown away at people's inability to handle even a small crisis. That's job security for folks like us who come in and help calm people down and help people manage those types of things. But being able to handle a crisis, whether it is a hurricane's moving in and we are going to be displaced for a week or two, we've got to handle how our team's going to work together or a website just crashed. How are we going to handle that? There's all kind of little things like that. So crisis management to me is being able to handle all of the unexpected things that fly up in your business out of nowhere that are just unexpected. These are things that you can't predict a lot of times, but you need to be able to step back, have a calm, cool head and say, okay, what do we need to do? Do we need to pack up our things and get to a hotel? Do we need to make a phone call to a hosting service? What do we need to do? For the most part, crisis management for me is often two parts. It's like the ER type of visit of, hey, we've got to stop the bleeding. Okay. We got to stop the bleeding and assess the situation. And then we've got to look at the long-term answer to that. There's a short term and a long term. And in that short term, again, it's like an ER visit. You fix some things and you get it back out there and then you start working on the bigger problem. So crisis management, that's a big issue. The last one, number seven here, this shouldn't be a shocker to anybody. It's time management. I see CEOs and executives just really poorly manage their time. And I see them put things on their plate that has absolutely no business being on their plate, whether it's tasks, whether it is little projects. It's like, hey, why are you working on that? Hey, you need to be growing the business, but you're so fixated on this other thing over here that you're not doing it. They don't block out the right amount of time to do sales, to meet with their team, to meet with their customers or any of those kind of things. I often find CEOs to be really bad about time management. One of the things I always work with them on is is, hey, we've got to get this under control. And you're probably never going to be the best at time management. But let's say on a scale of one to 10, maybe you're a four or five. Let's get you to a six or a seven when it comes to managing your time. And if we can do that, now you can get a lot more done. You can have a lot more free time or you can just do more work, but you can also train others how to do that. Because that's the thing that I haven't talked about here with these skills is as a leader in the business, you're an example to everyone else. And the better you get at all of these, the better you are going to make your team. And that's just really at the end of the day, what you're striving for, because the better your team gets, the better your business gets. Those are my seven underappreciated skills, the ability to make quick and good decisions, not caring what other people think, public speaking, listening, strategic thinking, crisis management, and time management. And I think if you have even a combination of two or three of these, you will be an outstanding CEO. And you just need to nurture those ones that really appeal to you and try to get better at the ones that don't. I hope this was helpful for you and I'll see you next time. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast and screenshot it and tag me on LinkedIn or whatever social media you use. So thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time.